My name is Matthew Becker. As the owner of a fitness facility and an attorney, I have a lot of things that I need to get done in a day. I've spent the last few years developing strategies that allow me to constantly move forward while also living the best life that I can live. On this podcast, I share those strategies with you along with other thoughts and ideas that allow you to live your best life through the concept of the aggregation of marginal gains. and welcome back to another episode of The Stronger Revolution. I'm obviously not Matthew Becker, but he is here in the room. Say hi, Matt. Hi, everybody. I'm Kristen Perry, and I'm an athlete here at Industrial Athletics, and I've somehow convinced Matt to have me back on the podcast so I can ask him a few questions about Industrial Athletics and the incredible nine years he's had here with the gym so far. So, Matt... Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, Kristen. It is going to feel a little bit weird being on the hot seat, Uh, but hey, I'm I'm here for it. So you're back. Athlete of the Month for February. February. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to guess, and then I second-guessed myself for like a split second. Yeah. But very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I enjoyed having you on the podcast back in February. So when you asked if you could interview me, I thought, yeah, why not? Yeah, I actually, through being interviewed was wondering when Industrial Athletics' birthday was, mm-hmm. then saw that it happened to be at the start of April, and I was like, hey, I want to know more. I bet there's other people who want to know more, so let's see if we can talk about it. Just remember, the Stronger Revolution is about the aggregation of marginal gains. So any way that you can loop back everything I say to increasing your life by 1% every day, yes. that's a bonus. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Okay. First question. We will get started with just kind of setting the stage, setting the scene. Um, Tell me about your background. So has, have health and wellness, physical fitness always been a part of your life or did you kind of pick up that interest and habit down the road somewhere? Mm -hmm. So I got into health and fitness, I think when I was in middle school, seventh or eighth, no, it was before that. No, it was like seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, somewhere around there, my mom, we were living in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and my mother was attending this, not quite step aerobics, it was a little bit more than step aerobics, called Club Lifelines in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And it was step aerobics, but then they also did like weighted stuff. We would do bench press with dumbbells and and step ups and squats and things in there. They had uh, spin bikes and heavy ropes for jumping rope, things like that. So... Over the summer one year, she said, you're not going to sit around and do nothing. You're not going to sleep in until every day at 10 o'clock. You're going to get up with me every morning, and you're going to go to Club Lifelines with me. And I don't remember what time we went. It was it was probably like the 8 o'clock class in the morning, but to me it felt like it was like the 5.15 right. a.m. class. <laughs> but I did it, and I think I went almost every day, Monday through Friday. And by the end of the summer, I was just sort of hooked on working out so I liked how I felt I liked uh, having like the extra energy and and you know being able to run around with the other kids and not like just be so drained and then I climbed trees a lot as a youth so I could climb trees a lot more Um, so that was sort of how I got into it and then it just sort of blossomed 
from there. So it started with step aerobics. Step aerobics. <laughs> Not what I would have expected. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, then came the bro sessions of yeah. chest buys and tries in, in my friend's basement on his Bowflex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that navigated into the YMCA. Yeah, it's just going to have been little iterations from there. It's interesting that it started from some form of workout class as opposed to just sports and then transitioning to workout. I feel like a lot yeah. of people do that through high school, a sport or something, and then just move to the adult version of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> of yeah. exercise. No, that's an interesting point. I never really thought about it that way. But I was never much into sports. Yeah. So I, I never got any lifting through sports. So it's always been health and fitness and well-being for the sake of it as opposed to for the sake of getting better at one specific sport like a lot of kids start that sounds a lot better than me saying i just wanted to look good naked as a teenager so <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll get with yeah, that perfect. <laughs> it was always about me just longevity of life <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so a long transition from step aerobics to where you are now yeah um how and when did you get into CrossFit specifically or the style of workout? Mm-hmm. It was my final year of law school, second semester, yes. Uh, my brother was the sports information director. I have an older brother, two years older. So he was the sports information director at Frostburg State University in Frostburg, Maryland. And he was working out uh, with a ex-football player from the university. And the football player somehow knew about CrossFit. And so they started doing it, and my brother sent it to me and said, you got to check out this CrossFit thing. Uh, At the time, it was just the classic go to the gym, do some bench press, do some maybe legs, not much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do do some shoulder presses, barely any pull-up sort of thing. Um, And so I looked at it, and I was like, that's all you do in a day? Whatever. So I would try to, like, work it in with my other... Uh, my other exercises and I remember specifically like doing Cindy now are you familiar with Cindy as a newer CrossFitter I've done Cindy but I can't remember okay what it was so we're gonna do it again in a couple of weeks oh good although maybe by the time this is released we will have already done it but anyway from today's point uh 20 minute AMRAP of five pull-ups 10 push-ups and 15 squats yep so I remember seeing that come up on the main site of CrossFit going to the gym And I would literally do like one round and then time myself for like a minute of break. And then I would do another round and then time myself for a minute of break. And this was how I like slowly got into CrossFit while also still trying to do like my three-day splits of bodybuilding. Um, Finally, I graduated law school and there was this uh, like holdover period from the time that we ended finals to the time that we actually graduated. And there was about like a week and a half or two weeks. And the whole university shut down. So I couldn't go to the rec center in the university anymore. So we joined this other gym. I say we. I had a a girlfriend at the time who was into it as well. And um, we joined another gym in town that had pull-up bars, bumper plates, power racks, rings, like the, the sort of more classic CrossFit type of equipment. And for some whatever reason being in that environment, I finally like did the full jump to only CrossFit workouts. Okay. So eased into it on your own, not really with the trainer in a specific CrossFit gym, then moved into the gym setting and got hooked from there? Yeah. Yeah, I probably did it for a year. 
Uh, let me think about that too. Yeah, it was about a year, year plus that I did it on my own. After law school, came up here and did it at the Swickley YMCA. Okay. While they told me I can't wear five and five finger toe shoes and I'm not allowed to use chalk. <laughs> so. so after getting more into CrossFit specifically, trying to do that more um, in a more official capacity, so to speak, at, at a gym, how long had you been doing the, that style of workout before you considered working in, managing, or owning a CrossFit gym yourself? It was probably another year, year and a half that I was a member of another affiliate and it started to go downhill. I started to learn a lot more about CrossFit and the methodology and I got my level one trainer certificate, started coaching a few classes and started to see gaps that sort of needed to be filled based on what I was experiencing, what I thought CrossFit could be. Mm -hmm. um, so from there, I got motivated to start looking into opening up my own spot. And then just sort of as that affiliate kept going downhill, I started moving uphill and eventually got opened up. That aggregate. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's the plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was the interest in doing CrossFit well, doing it, quote unquote, the right way with an integrity and, and passion for doing the movements properly that really sparked your interest in opening your own space to do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I could say broadly that it was in an effort to try to bring CrossFit to the masses of Pittsburgh because at that point it was still very, um, what's the opposite of mainstream? I'm, bl I'm drawing a blank right this second. Under, uh, underground yeah okay there we go yeah, yeah. very underground yeah that sounds yeah. cool uh, <laughs> i was thinking like in the basement i was like no that doesn't work uh yeah it was still very 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 rather rather underground and, and you still it was like kind of secretive and then and people really it had a bad reputation there was no fundamentals classes I mean, you just came in and were like yeah here's a free week join the class we'll teach you how to clean good luck yeah um so there was a lot of remodeling of CrossFit in an effort to try to, that was sort of the, the starting point of cleaning off CrossFit's, CrossFit's like rough image. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was sort of where I, I saw that I could really fit in and make it more accessible to the masses, make it less intimidating, make sure people were actually getting educated properly as they moved into CrossFit and that that was the message that was going out and not so much like, check out this awesome muscle up. Right. Right. And then people were like, holy crap, I can never do that. Right. So I presume the answer is everything you just said, but what, <laughs> what is it that you think differentiates industrial athletics now as a gym from others, whether that's in the area or it's on a, on a broader scale, other mm -hmm. gyms that you've been to or experienced? I think our one-on-one -on -one attention, even though we're in small group classes, and our dedication to proper form and proper range of motion first, intensity later. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, there's a, a saying, when you go to get your level one, one CrossFit trainer certificate, you learn the progression that's called mechanics consistency, and only then do you add intensity. Mm -hmm. And I used to say, if people would ask me this question, and I don't know why people don't ask me as much anymore, but that the error that I see, I still see, I used to see, is that it became 
intensity mechanics consistency. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it's squat by any means necessary. Get the weight off the ground by any means necessary. Right. Right. With, and then we'll worry about proper mechanics and getting those mechanics consistent. So I think what we do and what we try to do and what we've pushed forth for nine years of is we're going to worry about the mechanics first. Can you actually squat? Can you squat full range of motion? And if not, why not? Mm -hmm. Then making sure that you can squat below parallel consistently before you just throw on 135 pounds on a barbell. Right. Or yeah. before you do 100 reps or before you do 300 reps in birth. Something right. like that. Yeah. Speaking of... Coming up. Murph's coming up. It's coming up. <laughs> Favorite yeah. time of year. Yeah. Um, this will be my first Murph, so I'm excited yeah. to excited to try it. Don't be intimidated. Um, yeah. I will have the same mentality I do for every class. Show up and that is exactly, give it your best. That's exactly <laughs> give it your best. But I do think that what you just described is what's felt here and what makes sense here. Because I do get individual attention in a class every time I'm here. I learn something new every time so I do get that one percent better from every single class that I come to and then I get 10 percent better from my one-on-one -on -one sessions with Leslie also yeah, so yeah. awesome growing growing a lot each week and in, in just the the small nuanced movements that um I otherwise wouldn't probably do mm -hmm. in normal life and and wouldn't know to do if I weren't getting that attention so definitely think I agree that that is what sets industrial athletics apart well thank you um yeah, I have been a part of another gym that uh, was out where I went to college, and it was very much the, go ahead, give it a go. <laughs> try to, try yeah. to lift that, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I still, one of the biggest compliments I still get is when members go off on vacation or and they go snowbird somewhere or whatever, and they join another gym for a while, and they come back, and they complain that they didn't know what to do because the other gym didn't have any standardized scaling mm -hmm. and the coach didn't take any time to figure out what that member should be doing just as a drop-in in that class. Um, and I, I admit, it's very difficult when somebody drops into the gym to, I mean, you don't want to be like on top of them the whole time. You don't want to tell them not to do things. Right. But at the same time, there is a level of attention you can give a drop-in member, whether they're there for a week or whether they're there for one day, that can help them get better and not just let them come in and assume that they know what they're doing. Right. So it's, it's always very nice for me when members come back and say, you know, we missed this because they, I didn't know, I didn't know how to scale the pull-ups sufficiently or whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize something I should maybe be more grateful for. I didn't realize the scaling was not something you would get everywhere. So Correct. that's something that the team here puts together the scaling for the workouts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was, we'll go off on this tangent for, I mean, I'll <laughs> story. so when I, when I started CrossFit again, it was, it was so underground at, at the time that you basically got what was called main site, which is kind of a term that most people don't know anymore, but that's CrossFit.com. Mm -hmm. So it used to, that was just the verbiage like, Oh, what's main site programming today. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you would go and you would look and they release it every day at eight 30 at night. I think it is. Um, but there was no scaling. So when I started and, and you would go do it at like the YMCA, I used to just look at the women's weights and, and, and occasionally CrossFit, there were, there were well-known CrossFitters that were promoted on the, on the main site. And so they would put their times up for different workouts. So I would go and look at like what, what was women's weight for this workout? Like Grace, 
30 clean and jerks for time. Men's weight is 135 pounds as prescribed. Women's weight is 95 pounds. And then they would put men's and women's times down there of the, of the better known CrossFitters. Mm -hmm. So I would look at women's weight, 95 pounds, what one of the women got, and then see if I could get anywhere close to those times. And that was just how we started scaling. Mm -hmm. From there, a CrossFit gym in, in California opened up called Brand X. Mm -hmm. It's still around. I don't think they're an affiliate anymore. And they had a, a forum, if you are old enough to remember online yep. internet forums. Okay. <laughs> and you could join the forum. And one of the things that they would do is they would take main site workouts and scale them every day. And they provided very close standardized scaling to what we provide. So they had like RX, Big Dog, Porch, and Buttercup. I think we're the, okay. they always got, they always got controversy around buttercup, yeah. but that was like our bronze. That was like their lowest level of scaling. Right. And so that was how, as we got more into it at the YMCA and things like that, before we joined a regular CrossFit gym, that was how we learned how to scale was we would go to brand X and I would see that like the majority of the time I would be in like the porch level workout. Uh, and then I would progress up. Um, as, as I got better and better. And so when I opened, I wanted to share that same kind of model. Mm -hmm. So we've always had platinum, steel, brass, and bronze in an effort to take the guessing game out of scaling and kind of give people standardization so they could see, okay, I'm progressing because I was at bronze workouts and now a majority at brass workouts. Now I can occasionally do a steel workout. Right. But that is unique to us, sort of taken from Brand X. Okay. If you go to any other gyms in Pittsburgh, they may provide you like one standardized scaled option. Right. But not the four that we provide. Wow. So I can barely do bar math. I couldn't imagine trying to create my own scale <laughs> yeah. for a workout. Yeah. I'd need an extra 15 minutes before class started to figure that out. So Ideally, the coach would help you with it. Right. But my understanding is, and from my experience going to other gyms, you don't get that very yeah. much. Interesting. Yeah, that's great to take your kind of lessons from seeing how things work in other places and what helped you to start and to progress um, and bring it into the facility that you created and that you're running here today. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. So along those lines, you've opened your own gym nine years in, um, helping so many people to build their health and well-being and fitness. What are you most what are you most proud of um, through that whole journey? Man, aside from making it nine years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aside, we'll also say, we'll also say aside from whatever happened in COVID. Um, oh yeah, yeah, process, right. We'll, Surviving COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, I don't know how I made it. Like, I don't know how I do, like, I don't know. I don't know what I've done. Like if somebody was like, hey, how do I do it, grow, uh, start a business and grow it nine years? I don't know. Right. Just, Keep working. I don't know. Right. Um, what am I most proud of? Sorry, a lot of lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of blank space there. I I don't. I think that the the thing that makes me the 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 proudest is to see people progress. And I, and I don't know that that sounds very general and almost like cliche, but it really is. I mean, you you started gym. Not in an effort to make a lot of money, because especially in the beginning, like you're not going to make any money. You start it because you have this passion for helping people learn to move better or to impact their life or be able to do 
things outside of the gym. You know, we used to go whitewater rafting with, you know, pre-COVID. And you would have, you'd have various boats of people set up, small groups. And we would always have enough people go that we would end up filling two boats. And you would see our two boats and everybody else there. And our two boats are the people who, they're competent, they're not dying, (laughs) they know how, they're coordinated, and then you'd see other people just like flipping over. Now, I purposefully flipped our boats a couple of times, don't ask Jen Griner about that experience, but um, (laughs) that's neither here nor there. The point is, like, watching people be able to, in my opinion, function better in life, Mm -hmm. and knowing that, or maybe hoping that, whether they're a member of industrial athletics forever or not, they've taken something that they've learned here that has improved their life. I think that's what I'm most proud of is the platform here that provides me that ability. Yeah. And I think just from talking to other members and seeing everyone week after week, I think that everyone feels that way. So I think, I think that's a great thing to be proud of. Cool. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad it translates that <laughs> yeah. way. Um, nine years in, Yeah. what is it that keeps you inspired to show up here every day, keep, keep doing this, um, keep this gym growing, getting better, sticking true to the, the values that you started it with? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is, is the same as the general principles behind CrossFit and why it's so long-term effective. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you have people who come in and they sit down for like a no sweat intro and they're like, I used to do this. I used to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't see any results anymore. And that that's why I'm looking for something new. And you have you I, I say to them, well, one of the, the, the best attributes I think of CrossFit is that there is no ceiling. Uh, you'll progress. And as you get better at ring rows and ring rows become too easy and you stop seeing progress from it, you move on to pull ups. And then as you get better at pull-ups and you stop seeing a whole lot of, of progress from them, you add pull-ups, like more reps, faster, uh, chest bar pull-ups. You move into muscle-ups. There's constant progressions that you'll never hit a ceiling of. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that really keeps me going as an owner is seeing how far I can test things and push people and push members. And, you know, it, it, it's just... I used to just be like, you know, how, how much weight can I get somebody to, to lift? Well, this member can't get below parallel. So why can't this member get below parallel? And figuring out those problems, then testing that to say, okay, now I've, I've figured out why this member can't get below parallel, I think. So let me start programming things to see if it actually works to get this member down below parallel. And if so, okay, cool, I now have a new range of motion, so now I have to reassess how much weight they can lift in that new range of motion, and what additional problems does that present, and then how do I solve those problems? And so it's just, it's a constant progression of human movement, human performance, how far can I push somebody, how much can I program, you know, all, all those different things. It's never ending. Yeah, it sounds like it's it's different every day and with every person. Yes. Even though it's the same facility, same same physical place, but it's a different experience every day. Right. It's constant awesome. testing. Yeah. Testing and retesting. Yeah. And people will be like, "How do you program?" You know, I'll mentor other coaches, and they'll ask, "You know, how do you, how do you know what to program?" And I mean, aside from just saying it's years of experience, right? I've been doing this for like ten or eleven years. Besides that, it's just. 
the, it's, it's the, it's the, the non-sexy answer of just try it. Right. Try it. See what happens. Mm. Chances are it's not going to fail. You fail occasionally, but just try it. Right. Interesting. In line with running, running your own gym, your years of experience, in that whole span of time, what would you say is your favorite and least favorite part of mm. running industrial athletics? <laughs> I want to say my favorite part is uh, I have a job that lets me interact with people, listen to music, dress in what my old legal boss used to say, my pajamas all day long. <laughs> I stand up. I work out. Um, like there... From my perspective, what's not to love about? I, I don't. I don't sit at a desk. Right. Uh, I'm self-employed. I come and go as I please. Um, I get to manage other people. I get to talk to members. I get to see progress. I get to work out. Right. You know what? It's um, a. It sounds like a. It's just a, a holistic, well-rounded lifestyle. Yeah. That. There, I'm gonna say, has to be one, at least one least favorite part about because that's the rest of the question but yeah no no I'll most get... <laughs> of all there's not not much of a a downside to the day-to-day -day life you get to get to live yeah and as long as you can get over getting started because there is and, and and this is an issue with any gym member that or any gym owner that gets started into the into the is that you have to go into it with the understanding that you're probably leaving a well-paying job for a job that you're not going to make a lot of money and if you go into it with that, the, with the mentality of I'm going to start this and it's going to become booming and I'm going to support my the lifestyle that I'm enjoying now and my full time job, you're probably going to get frustrated and try to quit because it just doesn't happen. You have to have other motivations around it mm -hmm. in order to get started. And you know, as long as you get over that, yeah, it's everything that I do in my life can then turn around and be applied here. I started climbing and bouldering. How can I apply that here? I started Go Ruck. How can I apply that here? I started riding a bike to and from the gym. How can I apply that here? Everything I do in life either impacts the way that I coach a member or everything I do in the gym impacts my regular life. Mm -hmm. So that's probably a really long answer to say that's probably my favorite thing. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Least favorite thing is the never-ending frustration of having a member cancel because something else comes up in their life and their gym membership is the first expense that gets slashed. Mm, very I will, good answer. I will never, ever understand that. Why is it that the gym is the first light item that gets eliminated? Right. Especially because, at least for me, this is, this is what helps me the most. So if something else in life were getting hard or something... I'm going to rely on this more to, yep. to help me to stay positive, consistent, motivated everywhere else. Right. So that's, that's something I wouldn't have thought of as being kind of that most frustrating side. Yeah. And it's always, it's always been like that. And I think it will always be like that. Yeah. And I don't know that I'll ever figure it out, but right. that's the most, that's the most frustrating part of owning. Yeah. Gym. Very interesting. Um, along those lines, we're keeping it, on that side for just a half second longer. We'll go back to really positive, <laughs> promise. But what would you say is the hardest lesson you've learned from running this facility for nine years? Uh, probably not to take things personally. Mm. 
I don't know that that was a hard lesson. I, 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 would, I would say it was a hard lesson to learn in the sense that it took me a long time to learn it. Okay. Um, I don't know if that necessarily translates into the hardest lesson learned. But, yes. That probably took me the longest to get over. Okay. Is just stop taking everything personally. Yeah. So through owning this place, you're also getting 1% better. By learning those lessons yes. about you personally through ownership of the gym. Yep. Interesting. Um, looking forward, nine years in, looking forward five years, where do you see industrial athletics? Right now, the primary thing that we are trying to focus on is ways that we can continue to increase the individual attention we provide the members. So our focus right now is increasing one-on-one -on -one training and nutrition counseling mm -hmm. and figuring out <clears throat> how do we promote the importance of that? Um, how do we convince? Seems like such a, like, a like, like somebody doesn't understand it and we're trying to trick them into it, but. Demonstrate the importance of. Sure. Um, somebody who is regularly in group or coming for group or thinks that group is all they need, demonstrating the importance of, I can get you to the next level by providing nutrition counseling, providing like coaches corner skill work, mm -hmm. working on mobility, um, doing an occasional one-on-one -on -one session, you know, that, the more the pre-COVID, we were we were pretty much all group oriented. It was okay. it was only a private training client if they came to us. We didn't really promote it. We didn't really look for it. We had coaches' corners for skill work, but we didn't really have any private training. Mm -hmm. Post-COVID, more people wanted to do private training because uh, you know that because of the the distancing and and, right. and and things like that. They didn't feel comfortable in large groups. So we started doing private training, and then realized that there's so much more we can do with an individual in private training than we can in group. Mm -hmm. You will progress beyond any imagination that you have in your fitness in group training. There's still so much more we can do in private training. Right. So our goal over the next three to five years is not to eliminate group training because I will always believe that there's, there's a, a very big advantage to group training, especially in the overall accountability of it, but also change the business model a little bit at industrial athletics to be equal parts private training and equal parts group training. Uh, you're a hybrid member. Mm -hmm. You do private training and you do group. We want the majority of our members to be getting some sort of additional services beyond group, whether that's private training, whether that's nutrition counseling, whether that's skills, attention, and homework through the coach's corners, we believe that there is a very high value to that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have kept doing it this long if I didn't, but um, it is so valuable to me to get completely individual attention for the things that I inherently just do incorrectly through mm -hmm. habit or injury or former sports and athletics and dance as much as I love it it's really <laughs> causing me problems here yep. um, in that one-on-one -on -one and get to build that relationship with a coach 
Um, I absolutely love working with Leslie and I loved having my in, uh, intro fundamental sessions with you as well, mm-hmm. getting to know those people better um, who are leading the facility and then getting to build friendships and camaraderie with your normal minds, the 615 group. I yeah, see them sure. all, yep. all week long. So it's, it's great to get both sides. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's exciting to me to hear that the goal is to kind of challenge people to, to see how much further they can progress through an option, an extra option that makes sense to them. Yeah. Yeah. I have two questions left for you. Okay. They're more just your, just your thoughts, your perspective here. First one, what does health mean to you? Hmm. I mean, you could be, you could go through and, and I guess tick off all the various markers of blood pressure and cholesterol and heart rate and things like that. But I think primarily from a more general aspect, wait, the next question doesn't involve fitness, does it? No. Okay. <laughs> no. So I think these two no. things go hand in hand, right. but I don't want to have to duplicate my answer. Right. I think health to me means you are happy and content with yourself with your own body image, with your mental health, but you also trust that your body is able to do the things that you want it to do. Because um, that's, that's really big for me, and, and, and I think that goes back to a lot of what keeps me going in here and why did I start this, is it frustrates me when somebody says, I'd love to go whitewater rafting, but I don't think I'm healthy enough, or I don't think I'm strong enough to do it. Mm-hmm. right well then go get strong enough to do it and i think what we do in here provides people that baseline of strength if they're here and they continue and they see progress and they reach goals and everything else they're going to get to a level of fitness and health that they are not held back by what they physically can't do they may be afraid of it that's fine but they're not held back physically from what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, they have good heart rate. They have good cholesterol. They have good blood pressure. All that stuff. They don't have diabetes. They're not looking at chronic disease. All those are, are, are typical health markers. But I think for me the biggest thing is. I don't want you to feel limited in life. So a healthy life for me is. You you can do the things that you actually want to do. That's a great answer. Thanks. Don't know what I. <laughs> that's one of those. I don't know what I expected to hear. But that's. That's what I wanted to hear. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Last question. Okay. Let's do a 180. Okay. What's one thing most people would be surprised to know about you? Oh. I don't know. Um, one thing that people would be surprised... I mean, I don't, based on what? Um, I play the violin. Oh, I used to. See, I mean, that's not even... That doesn't even qualify anymore. Um... But yeah, I'll go with that. I was in multiple symphonies through middle school and first half of high school. And I sat second chair in an orchestra as a violin player. Great. I would not have expected that. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm going to informally wrap it up and then you can close it out. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much for, for answering my questions. I hope that anyone listening learn something valuable um, and just gets to know you, this facility and and kind of the mission that you have here um, a little bit better. Yeah, no, I really, I I appreciate you 
pushing me to do this and sitting down. This was this was a lot of fun. Uh, it's very different being on the other seat. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I hope you have a wonderful Saturday. You too. It looks like it's beautiful weather. It's finally warming up. I know. Um, except tomorrow's supposed to be crappy. I know. Good luck to everybody who's running the marathon, even though you'll be run by the time we, we release yes, this. Yes, good luck. Anyway, as always, we will be back with another episode very soon on The Stronger Revolution. Keep listening. If you ever have any questions, any topics, or anything at all that you want to hear us cover on the podcast, reach out. We are always willing to consider other topics. Otherwise, stay healthy, stay happy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.